yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a hustler, baby. I'm a hustler, yeah. baby. I know heartbreaks, setbacks. Bitch, if I crap out, I'm sure I'ma get back. I've been through the ups and downs, you know I get around. So to me, it's all a part of the game. If I ain't the cold man or the dope man, I'm almost for sure, man. I gotta take it, no need to say shit. I'm gon' take it. Robberies turn homicide, it's nothing to play with. Make money, make, make, make money. When shit hit the fan, we'll take money. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to The Powercast, and we will be reviewing Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, Episode 4, Don't Sleep. And I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? And I'm also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing? Um, I am doing great. It's uh, wonderful to be here again. Okay, nice name there. Starkey Stark and the Starkey Bunch. <laughs> like a tongue twister. <laughs> and, and if you're watching, you can see my name on the screen is Uncle Marvin, because he is officially my, my new favorite character in power. So, <laughs> uh, all based on, you know, this episode as well. So, um, as usual, we're going to dive into some of our takeaways from the episode. And then, you know, we're going to ask some questions at the end just to just kind of go through, uh, you know, the subject matter of the episode even more. So, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go first this week and just dive right into my takeaways for this episode. Uh, I don't have too many, uh, but I did really enjoy this episode of Power. I think it's one of the strongest ones in Raising Canaan that we've seen so far. A lot happened um and you know I, like when i was watching this usually i tried to you know take a lot of notes and i did take notes but i was also like really entertained at the same time like so it was just a, an enjoyable experience so it didn't feel like work at all um so yeah great episode um so the first thing i wanted to uh you know state for my takeaways is you know um i'm wondering what's going to happen with Lulu and you know the 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 stu- the recording studio situation uh because like I noticed that um you know obviously famous was trying to rap in the studio and he wasn't he was he was kind of being a bit of a Takashi 69 cuz he was rapping about stuff that he hasn't really lived um and of course you know we have this this story playing out with Lulu and Famous's sister, like we have that romantic, you know, element playing out. And, um, you know, I'm wondering if, you know, she's going to basically push him to work with Famous and it could be a situation where Lulu gives Famous the kind of edge he needs to be a better rapper. And this is how it works in hip hop a lot, actually, like where uh, the rapper isn't actually the street guy. But like the people around the rapper are the real street guys. So I'm wondering if that's an element they're going to explore, you know, with um, with famous Lulu and the sister. Um, And, you know, that could still lead to some tension down the road because Lulu is still mixed up in, you know, some street business. So uh, I'm sure a lot of like, you know, uh, drama will come from that also. Uh, But yeah, yeah. that's just something that stood out to me. I, I'm really trying to see where they go with that storyline in particular. 
Um, and my other takeaway is this is real quick this week, by the way, because like, I was just it, I was just amazed by the episode um, overall. And we're going to cover some more stuff that happened later on anyway in the questions. Um, I have some real specific questions. But um, my second takeaway is uh, that, you know, this week, I feel like Marvin showed that he's not just there for comic relief. Like he, he was about that action. Like when it was time for him to step up, he stepped up and, you know, he took care of Kanan. Um, you know, we, we saw, we saw what he did, you know, to like, it was a bad decision to leave Kanan, first of all, like by himself at the house. But, you know, when he realized that there were people at the house, you know, he, he immediately, you know, switched into action and he took out those guys outside. He went inside the house. And, you know, he managed to take out the other guy like an action hero or something like that. So I was really impressed with that because I thought, you know, he he's just the comic relief. I didn't think he was really about that action, but clearly he is. Um, and he's also funny, too, like the, the scene with um, where he was, you know, sleeping with the, the club owner. Um, and, you know, he, he she was trying to cuddle him and everything. And he was like... What, what are you doing? Like, you don't cuddle, like, <laughs> you don't cuddle guys like me, basically. Um, and yeah, that, that whole dialogue was hilarious. And then he ended up taking the dog off of her as well. Um, so yeah, um, he, he just has like different layers. Like he, he's very comedic, but he's also like serious at the same time. So I really, you know, appreciate that actor and the character overall. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, a lot, a lot of other stuff happens, um, but I'm sure, you know, you guys are going to shed some light on some of the other things that will stand out. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Miss Dana Abercrombie. What are your takeaways for this week in power? Well, I really particularly still love what's going on with the jukebox and, and the, so the girl whose name I can't remember at the moment. But um, I really thought that, you know, it shows the relationship and how the parents, remember her parents were kind of involved in this episode where they kind of came in and saw them singing and the guy was trying to be like, yeah, I know your people, I'm cool. That that whole dynamic, as corny as it was, you know, it kind of did show how they accepted Jukebox, you know, as the friend. And while there are problems with the parents kind of accepting they're, they don't know about the relationship, but accepting um, their daughter being gay. I know she didn't say it straight out, but she kind of alluded to it. You know, that is going to be really interesting and in how that comes into play. Because, again, we all know where Jukebox, in, Jukebox ends up. We just don't know how she got there. And it was kind of like the more they really liked each other, and the more they showcased the, the, the relationship, the sadder I got. Because you just know that it's going to end, and it's going to end tragically. And and so it was like, I want to see it, but I really don't want to see it. You know, this was really sweet, but this is going to be really sad. Whatever happens, happens. Um, when they end up breaking up, or someone's murdered, or whatever ends up happening. Uh, I really like that. Again, when you was talking about Kanan and that whole episode with the stash house, that really showed, you know... Uncle Marvin stepping up and protecting, you know, that's his, his, what do you call it, nephew. You know, the relationship that they have and how he, how ruthless he can be with the whole just 
killing the people in, in cold blood and the whole situation with the, they ran into the back of the truck and how they went and it was trying to get the supplies in. I really loved just that scene in general because it showed that, you know, we have this really great loving relationship, but this is still hard Uncle Marvin who will kill you in, in any moment, in any time. And they're, they're a family unit, but still keep in mind what they're doing is wrong and it's dangerous, it's illegal. Uh, also wanted to mention the part with the grocery store owner. I really thought that he was gonna die this episode because he just kept asking too many questions and he wanted to be too much in the know. And I found that to be incredibly annoying. And I was really shocked he wasn't taken out this episode. We know that he'll, I feel that he will definitely be taken out probably before the, the, the mid, what do you call it, the, the middle of the season. Just for, you know, too many questions you want to know. Also, there was the scene with the jukebox that really stood out. Um, her mother is back on drugs and the whole situation with the rehab. And another thing was her just trying to get money so that she can have studio session. And that's how we end up finding how she probably gets involved with, gets involved more heavily with the drug side of things because she's trying to get the money up and her family kind of refuses to help her. So I really liked how everyone has their own individual path, but they seem to come together as a unit. And I can't wait to see what happens in the next episode because of how it ended with Raquel discovering that her brother lied to her and discovering that her son even lied to her. You know, and there was that whole dynamic with the, the dinner scene with, um, I can't remember his name, I'm really bad with names, but with the boyfriend and how, you know, that special night of having dinner, even though it was simple as pasta and how she was saying the dynamic where like, you know, you never lie to each other or, you know, he doesn't lie or whatever it was. And it really showed, you know, how that relationship is slowly fracturing. And we brought it up in the previous um, PowerCast that we will start to see, you know, Kanan lean towards more of the uncle and break away from the father, not the father, from his mother, and how that is going to end up into play with them kind of struggling for, you know, not to say the rule over Kanan, but the struggle for Kanan's, I don't know, leadership or not leadership, but, you know, the struggle to get him on whichever path it is that, that they're trying to get him on. And she's slowly kind of losing her, her son. So that's kind of what stood out for me as well. And also the opening sequence with them, with the chasing and who was it, Joey Badass killing his his best friend that he's known for so many years. You know, that really just shows how the the, the game itself, the, the, the lifestyle, there's really, I'm not going to say loyal, there's really kind of no loyalty, you know, and how it also shows this crack epidemic and how it was easy to, you know, Anyone can fall into it. You know, he was just getting high on his own, on own supply, which kind of reminded me of, we had a New Jack City feel. You know, the whole, my, am I my brother's keeper part? And, you know, the part about the other guy getting addicted to the, the drugs he was supposed to be selling and that he was cutting it to kind of give him less money. So yeah, I really like, I like the episode in, as a whole. Oh yeah, there was definitely a, a lot of moving parts and, and I agree with what you said, like it feels like every character has like their own kind of thing going on 
which is good to see because it's like they're, they're not just placeholder characters that just show up you know when they need to like they they actually have like you know their own living breathing lives outside of like you know the main characters and stuff so so that's good to see but um richard how about you what's your uh, main takeaways from from this episode well yeah so a lot of great takeaways so far i only have three that i'm really going to dive into first and foremost first main takeaway from this episode we've already said it uh, i want to reiterate it again joey badass is an excellent actor uh, because if you recall the previous episode, we won- we only saw him one time, and that was towards the end of the episode when he found out that uh, the corner is no longer, you know, his people are no longer on the corner. So this episode, they made a point to have him throughout most of the episode. Uh, if I could give a definition or a description of it, it kind of made me feel like the Dark Knight and how you had Heath Ledger's Joker who was a menace throughout the entire episode, throughout the entire movie, pretty much the real star of the movie, in my opinion. But in this case, with Joey Badass, yes, he was, every 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 action he did, it was throughout this entire episode. So I thought that was excellent, very well done. And we knew that there had to be some re- retaliation. As Dana pointed out, he killed his, uh, his one of his best friends. It's the guy's name is Trez G. Um... And yeah, it goes to show, yes, that he will do whatever he needs to do. Now, what we did find out at the end of this episode, one of his other boys is the one that Marvin shot. So that's going to absolutely have an impact uh, moving forward in terms of what happens in the next couple of episodes. So, yeah, definitely first takeaway, Joey Badass did a phenomenal job. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next moving, moving on from here. The next takeaway... I'm going to agree with a lot of what you said, Gary. Uh, Uncle Marvin's character, fantastic. Obviously made a very poor decision to leave Cannon behind. But I did hear a rumor that uh, you and Dana jumped up, especially when you saw Cannon in the stash house. And then all of a sudden, somebody just decides to take the shotgun and shoot the door open. I was like, wow. That's, uh, yeah, it just get, that, jumped that right into the Dana. action. That was Dana that jumped. <laughs> Yeah, that, that I, I mean, I mean, I knew that they were going to try to do something. I didn't know they were going to try and do that, but uh, it just was not a wise decision to leave Kanan behind. But again, yeah, yeah, the thing is, a lot of the stuff that y'all mentioned with the between the bodega and all the stuff with how he treated Tony, the club owner, all this other stuff. We know that he is a character that already we know that Raquel, she always is watching him hard and on him harder. So the problem is that, you know, like I said, she told him in this episode, you're going to be the one that is in control of what happens at this bodega. So obviously now that this stuff is going on, she's going to definitely know that he um, he's going to be looking at him a lot, a lot closer, making sure that he's doing what he needs to do. So it's going to make things a little bit tougher from him. I don't really know if she knows yet that him and Kanan are working together. She knows at the end of the episode that Kanan obviously lied about some stuff. You see the blood is on his shirt. Um, But I don't know if she's put those pieces together yet. And speaking of Raquel, this is the third takeaway. Because we spoke in the last episode that obviously she is a strategist about how she's thinking about certain things. We saw in this episode how she was already thinking about expanding by getting those apartments 
in, in in the actual complexes when she spoke to that the owner and she said, yeah, I need apartments on this, the seventh and eighth floor, which is probably going to be where she stashes more of the product. But that's funny because, again, a couple of episodes, she was talking with Symphony about this type of stuff, about the projects, about the, you know, buildings and stuff like that. So, again, we're starting to see some of this stuff come together in terms of what she's doing. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens. But obviously, she didn't account for Kanan getting wrapped up in what, all this other stuff that's happening now. So we'll see how that situation propels from here on out. But uh, yeah, I thought it was an excellent episode. As we said, as y'all said last week, it felt like that was the setup episode, and then we got a whole bunch of action in this episode. And uh, yeah, Gary, you 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 put it best when I spoke to you after this episode, where you felt like it really was starting to get really good towards the end of the episode, and then the episode ends. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens next week for sure. My bad, I was muted. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, it was a, it was a great episode, and by like when it came to the end, I was like, "Wait, that's it? Like already?" <laughs> like, like wow. But um, yeah, it's, it, this one definitely had me glued in, and I can't wait for for the next episode. Um, and just to bounce off of something you said, you know, about uh, Raquel, and you know, she was talking to the building manager, you know, mm-hmm. at, in the project building. I kind of feel bad for for those residents that he's about to move out of there, like you know, for for no real reason, just just so she can have a stash house. Like I feel bad for those people, but but yeah, it is what it is. That's the game. That's the game they're playing. So what's up, Dana? Didn't that remind you of New Jack City? I remember this yeah distinctly because it traumatized me as a child. My mother took me to see New Jack City as a child. Why I will never understand. <laughs> but the fact, remember when they were literally throwing people out of the window in order to get their apartments? Mm-hmm. That's where I was slightly confused at. I thought that they were like trying to purchase the apartments. You know, like probably mm-hmm. illegally. I didn't know they were actual residents still in there. And that gave me like, I was, oh my God, what's going to happen to these people? But it is something, you know, that has happened in that time period. And yeah. it's it. What I felt about this, also, this show felt like the '90s. It oh, it did. It clearly just feels like the '90s from just how it looks to how they're dressed to the events that's going on. So I really just commend them for just even the smallest details. The thing when they was singing at the mall and the VHS tape and how it just looked on the screen, where is that corny little you know special effects thing? Mm-hmm. That just felt so much like the '90s. So they do a really good job putting you in that universe. So yay! Also, those poor people. Oh yeah, like it's so good that like if you somehow got a time machine, like, and and you went back to the '90s and took Raising Canaan with you, like you would feel like you know it's legit. Like mm-hmm. this was this was filmed in the '90s, kind of thing. Like it's it's that good. They so. did good, and it doesn't seem. So much over the top. Because remember going back with power. And remember that whole Proctor scene with him getting shot up in the penthouse. <laughs> and we're sitting here and we're like, is this real life right now? You know, so <laughs> this kind of feels like it's more grounded in that kind of 
reality of which could happen. I mean, if you start, you know, with a big shotgun and an AK-47 in a penthouse with the white people, the, the cops are going to show up. <laughs> Somebody's going to be running out of the building. So, yeah, really great job for being just grounded in that realism. Oh, yeah, it, it definitely feels more realistic because there were parts of, like, the original power that felt like set-piece action moments sort of thing. Um, but, you know, this this definitely feels more grounded, like you said. Um, but yeah, uh, so we have some interesting questions here to get to. Um, and uh, let's see, where should we go first? So, um, so one of the moments with Unique in this episode was when he kind of intercepted uh, Davina. And, you know... Um, he basically kind of like hinted towards the fact that, you know, um, uh, D, D Wiz had something to do with Buck's, you know, death and, and, you know, she's talking to Kanan. So he's probably involved in it too. Um, so he was basically playing, you know, he was trying to manipulate her into giving him some information. And obviously he, uh, he offered to, to help her with, with her, her mother's addiction and everything like that as well. Um, in exchange for the information and, and she's the one who, who ended up telling him the location of the house where, you know, she saw Kanan in an earlier episode. So, um, I wanted to ask you guys, like, do you think Kanan will be able to make the connection that she might have told Unique about the stash spot? So, um, go ahead, Dana. You're muted. Sorry. Maybe not now. I don't really see it. Because I see that he is kind of so infatuated with her that he he's not going to put her and say that, you know, she's the one who did it. She's, he's not going to be, you know, that analytical with that. I feel that because, you know, his love or fascination for her, remember, it was since the first grade or kindergarten. So to see her in that light, I don't think that he's going to do that right now. Um, I was kind of... I, more upset with her because I thought she would be a wee bit smarter than that. I mean, obviously she didn't think that Kanan could be murdered, but the fact that he wanted that specific information and the fact that he would use those kind of manipulating ways of saying, oh, she killed your boyfriend. Well, I thought she would be a wee bit smarter and would catch on to that, but she didn't. And she kind of really let her emotions out there. And here's another thing. I honestly, going back again, I don't believe that that is really her sister. What is it? Brother, sister in, in the thing? Sister. 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 I don't really believe that. Um, could be, but I'm still kind of like thinking that that's actually her child. But the whole situation, I didn't think that we would find out that her mother was always addicted to drugs kind of so late in the episode. I kind of thought that that would be included in the whole you know, introduction. Remember the first episode where 50 Cent was narrating and telling everyone who everyone was that he would have kind of casually dropped that in there, but he didn't. We, and we did kind of see her mother when she had to fight at the school and she came to take her out, but did she show any signs of being an addict then? I can't really remember. Not to my knowledge, no. Right. Not to my knowledge. I know she was very upset. Yeah. But I don't think she wasn't sitting there going like, you know, what's going on? <laughs> None like that. So, <laughs> so, so no. Um, 
And the fact that she even showed up to school kind of made me feel that she was still kind of involved right. in her life. You know, if you're really out there drugging and doing your thing, you're not going to show up. And you, the, the school will kind of know that already and kind of label you, especially in that environment, kind of like a lost kid where you're just heading down that wrong road and don't even think anything of it. But the fact that she actually still showed up, I could not tell. Um, so, yeah, I just thought she would be a lot more smarter than how easily she was manipulated or how easily she allowed her emotions to get to her. But I, this brings up a really interesting point on whether or not she would confront, um, I'm going to call him 50 Cent, confront Kanan about what was going on. Even if it was like, I don't believe this information, will she still tell him this? And then he'll start to put everything together. So, yeah. Okay. And um, what do you think, Rich? Uh, I, I agree with a lot of what Dana had to say. I, I don't think she will find out right away um, that he was involved. I mean, I'm pretty sure she kind of has a hint that he was involved in what happened with D-Wiz. But she's trying to wait for him to be the one to tell her that. Um, the thing is, is that for me, all of this happening is, is it gives me further explanation as to why everything that uh, Rock was telling Kanan about being careful and stuff like that, why it is important. Because you recall the episode when he saw Davina outside the stash house, just passing by, you know, taking her sister or daughter for a stroll. And then he decides to just go outside the house and just start talking yeah. to her. And she, and she even said, what, what, that, that, that looks like a drug, like a stash house, like a drug, like a crack house. So that's why I said it goes to show, yes, because he, he did not listen. He doesn't listen to his mom. So it made sense for something like this to happen. And I think that Unique's purpose in all of this is that now he's going to put it in her head that yes, Kanan is being dishonest. So maybe he's being dishonest about some other things. So that can absolutely cause an issue between them moving forward. It might start off slowly, but it definitely is going to lead to some trust issues moving forward. Do, um, do you think Kanan will will know that um, she was the one to give Unique's people the info? That's that's the thing. Uh, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure because we only saw in this episode what happened in the course of that same day. We didn't mm -hmm. see what happened the next day when he goes back to school or anything like that. And the next time he has a con a interaction with her, because we saw everything that happened before that incident, you know, as she told Unique, make sure whatever you do, Kanan doesn't get hurt. That did not happen because, you know, he got roughed up a little bit uh, when they walked in there. Um, but uh, I I kind of feel like we'll probably get that answer the next episode. I'm not 100 percent sure if he's going to if he's going to know she was the one that did that because uh, they already. They already have been after Kanan. These guys have already been after Kanan, but for them to come to the stash house, yeah, they obviously know some intel that uh, they're not supposed to know. So it, it's hard for me to determine, but maybe eventually he does find out. I just, we have to see if it happens in the next episode because it's hard to tell because there wasn't any other interaction between them after everything went down in this episode. Yeah, I, I feel like if there's a situation where either... Marvin or Rack um, is mad at Kanan or something and, and like puts pressure on him and says look they they must have found out about this spot somehow who did mm -hmm. you tell about it you know if, if they come to him like that trying to find out you know how they might have 
you know, figured out the spot, then that will force Kanan to think about how, you know, ways that they could have figured it out. And then he might remember the conversation he had with uh, Davina. Well, I, I do know I do know one person that will know this, and that is the other guy that was there with him when he decided oh, yeah. to walk out the house. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Where, oh yeah, that's that's another thing because yep. that made me suspicious of that guy. Like now, because <laughs> <laughs> like why why wasn't he there? Like, no, that's a good so. question. That's a very good question, actually. I didn't think about that, uh, but he definitely knew. That Kanan told it was talking to her outside that stash house. So he can easily say to Marvin or Rock, hey, wait a second, I saw Kanan talking to this girl outside the stash house, and they'd be like, Oh, well, then that's how they knew exactly where they was at. So yeah. we'll see. But yeah, that character, you're right. You bring up a very good point. He was not there, and he's supposed to be there. So we know that Marvin and, and Kanan were there specifically to move the product to the bodega. So I guess at that point in time, he didn't need to be there. But yeah, it does raise a question uh, about where where exactly was he at that time? Yeah, because Marvin said he's sick, but I don't know if I believe actually, that. I, I feel like he might have been up. What's up? Actually, you know what? Yes. Forget it. Let's 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 take let me take that back again. We do know where he was at. He was. Yeah, he, we, we, there was a scene where he went to go to pick him up and he was sick. He was he was on, on the toilet, on you the know, toilet. Got the food oh, really? okay. He was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, I can't go anywhere. He's like, change the drawers. Exactly. Go so, the yeah, yeah. I, I did. I, I did want to make sure we, we mentioned that because you know the fans are going to be like, wait a second, y'all didn't catch that. No, <laughs> we saw it. I saw that. I just had to think about that again. I had to get reminded. So continue. Yeah. Well, one one thing for the listeners to know, like, it's not completely fresh in our minds because we saw you know the episode like days ago, and then you know we record after. But but yeah. Um, I, I do kind of remember that now, but uh, go ahead, Dana. Go ahead. I also do not trust the, the bodega owner. Yeah, yeah. I don't trust no, him. No, no one trusts him. He's nosy, as all can be. I mean, yeah, look, I mean look, it, look it, at how he treats his wife. Like you know, that that that, and also, I mean, you're, you're getting paid a ton of money, and yet you're still questioning what, where, what is going on? How is this going to impact the business? So he gonna have to get dealt with at some point. He probably has Omar Epps on the on the line right now. <laughs> Calling. Yeah, yeah. We'll Which see then, how that goes. interesting, random thought. I wonder will we now see in the next episode Omar Epps? Because technically, yeah. you have that whole murder, you have that whole situation with the car, you know. So I just wonder if he will be involved. In that as well, and then you have that nosy um, training day lady. So I wonder how they will come into play, and if it will focus on what happened. Oh yeah, we we didn't see them in this in this episode. No, so we I'm didn't. Sure, so next episode, sure they'll return. And, and 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 you saw that the the people in Unique's gang was questioning his 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 relationship with Omar Epps's character as well, and you heard him say in this episode, "I don't care about that guy. We're just using him the same way to get to get what, what we want out, out out of the deal." So, you'll definitely see him in the next episode because, you know, things are going to start to heat up now between Unique and and, and Rock's crew. Now mm-hmm. that another person in his in his gang is killed, so and the yeah. fact that that Omar Epps character whose name I can't remember because I can't remember anything is dying and so he's going to have that extra you know uh, gun ho spirit of wanting to do everything yeah mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But um, let's fit in some more questions here. So um, I wanted to ask, uh, this is a bit of an obvious question after the end, the way the episode ended, but um, what do you think Raquel will do after finding, you know, Kanan's shirt, bloody shirt? Like, how do you think she's going to react? You know, what might her next move be? It's, it's hard to kind of predict what she's going to do because she's so calculated, but like what what do you think might happen next now that she you know kind of found the shirt and she knows that um she obviously she's gonna know that somebody hit the spot and there's some money missing um if i mean if marvin were to keep that from her then they're gonna have some problems later so um she's probably gonna find out about that situation and you know um you know the fact that Kanan has a bloody shirt you know and that he was usually at that stash house she's gonna make the connection you know, so um, if Kanan doesn't tell her outright what happened, then she's going to find out anyway. So I want to ask you guys what you think her reaction to this is going to be. Um, so go ahead first, Rich. What do you think? Well, I think we will get an answer to this in the trailer. Obviously, we didn't see the preview for the next episode yet. Um, it'll be out at some point tonight when the, when the episode actually airs on the app. Uh, I think she will probably grill Kanan uh, you know, to add to try to get this if answer from him directly, um, but it, eventually she is going to have to have a talk with Marvin. You know, the thing is, is that they've already alluded to the fact that she doesn't entirely question. She always questions Marvin and whether or not he's serious and focused on when he needs to be focused. Um, the thing is, is that because of this whole thing happening with the stash house, it's going to make him look bad because. It's going to make it look as though he lost the other half of that uh, 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 of the product, even though this was totally something that was retaliation from Unique. But it still makes him look bad because he's the one that's supposed to be in charge of making sure everything is on the up and up with the bodega. So it's going to still make him look like he didn't do what he needed to do. Uh, but again, they haven't been really forthright and honest with uh, Raquel about what's going on with him and Kanan. So... I kind of feel like I don't know if they're going to immediately answer that question in the next episode, but I kind of feel like she's going to definitely be a harder on Kanan now to find out what is going on. And, and, and also just to add on to a little bit more to that, Raquel wasn't honest with Kanan either about who the teacher is that's, that, that, that is in this class that he is involved in now either. So clearly, you know, not really not entirely honest on both accounts but in this situation here definitely hasn't been honest about what he's doing with marvin so she's going to definitely look at marvin a lot closer i don't know if she's going to outright talk with marvin in the next episode about this i kind of feel like he's going to he's, he's going to need to talk to her anyway to explain what happened but um she's definitely i think it's going to start with definitely grilling canaan since they have the closest relationship uh, that's the closest relation between those two characters. So she's probably going to be hard on him to get an answer out of him. And we'll see what, what happens from there. But she is going to confront Marvin at some point, I feel, in the next episode. Yeah, I feel like um, if if it's a situation where Marvin gets to talk to Raquel before Kanan, I feel like Marvin will cover for Kanan or something. You're like, mm. I, I think he'll back him up so so that he doesn't take too much heat. But um, 
but yeah i guess we gotta see how it unfolds but um dana what would you think like how do you think raquel might react to this whole thing see what i love about raquel is that she's not someone who's loud and brass so say unlike a monique who's always yelling and screaming and barking things at people i feel that she is someone who will use that quiet manipulation to find out what's really going on and probably use kanan because she knows that kanan compared to marvin would be the weaker of the two you know because he's so young and you know a mother knows his son and she knows how to get in there and probably get him to crack so i do feel that she will use whatever kind of quiet tactic or psychological warfare against her son in order to get what really happened. I also don't think she's stupid. She probably, when she looked at that shirt, she can put two and two together. She can, oh, something bloody happened. Something happened. We know that Uncle Marvin and everyone, the people who I had in charge were involved. Uh, my stuff is missing. So it's not going to be that hard to put everything together. But when it comes to finding all of the answers, she's going to just find a way to carefully manipulate Kanan. And Kanan's smart too. So I do see this being as like a battle of trying to outwit each other. But eventually I do see him falling. I don't see Marvin falling that fast compared to him. Oh yeah, and and we saw a lot of that in this episode with you know uh, Kanan and Rack trying to outwit each other. Like they were really clashing in this episode a lot, um, and that kind of ties into the next question, the final question as well. Um, so you know we see that you know Kanan took his time to to cook for his mother and everything, and then she 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 had already eaten. She came home with Symphony, and you know they kind of had to pretend to you know to be hungry and everything, but. Kanan wasn't feeling it at all. His vibe was off. He was mad. He was angry at his mom, and you know, um, and then his grades has been has been slipping. So she's you know kind of booked some some after school programs for him, um, and she's taking him off the the stash house. So he wasn't supposed to be there, of course. Um, and you know, at the end of the episode, he shows up to one of the after you know school programs or whatever only to find out symphony is the teacher of the class um so uh, i want to ask you guys like is is this part of her strategy or do you really think that maybe raquel feels that symphony is going to be a good role model for kanan to follow because he doesn't have a lot of like straight and narrow role models in his life right so um, do you think that you know it? That's part of it, also, or is she just being calculative at, at this moment? So um, I want to ask you first, Dana. What do you think of that? I honestly don't know because I would have easily said that you know this was the whole payback thing for um, everything that you kind of put me through because we do know that there's a power struggle, and every time there's like a man or a woman or something in the house that creates a new territory dynamic and and kids especially are going to struggle with that um so from that standpoint i can say like oh she really was trying to get back at him and it was a really hilarious moment either way but i never thought of it being as you know he is technically a positive male role model you know he's educated he didn't go down fully that life of the drug thing you know he's kind of clean he's way too young but he is at that age where you know 
uh, Kanan can kind of relate more to him. I don't see that ever happening, you know. Kanan is, is not going to start being super friends with Symphony at all. Uh, but I thought it was a just hilarious moment. But I honestly cannot tell whether or not she was trying to make, you know, put that hard lesson towards him or was just genuinely saying, you know, you have to accept him now. Either way, this came out really funny, but I don't know who was like, you know, here's a positive role model. Although it would work either way, here's a positive role model and see how high you still can't get rid of him, no matter where you go. Yeah. And I have to uh, commend, you know, Kanan's actor. Uh, what's his name? Something Curtis? Malik Curtis or something? Or? Malik Makai Curtis. Makai Curtis. Um, you know, I have to commend him because he is a great expressive actor. Like the, the facial, uh, you know, facial like animations he makes and everything. The expressions, like amazing. He does a great job of that. Like, you know, he you can see he's really annoyed, like the character and everything. So. <laughs> So yeah, he, he does a great job of that. But um, Rich, what do you think of that? Uh, you know, d- does Raquel think that you know Symphony might be a positive role model for Kanan, or is she just being manipulative? You know, by having him go to Symphony's class. Oh no, I, I think she actually uh, does think that he can be a positive role mo- model. And this is a, a very slick question for you to ask, Gary, because. A couple of weeks ago, maybe about two weeks ago, we saw that uh, on, I believe it was the Razor Cannon Instagram account, that they started filming season two. And who was in the picture of season two? Symphony, Raquel, and Kanan. So that lets yeah. me know that they probably are going to, at some point, bond, at least for now. It's not uh, it's not going to go off the rails completely because he's still around in, at the start of season two. So, um I think, yes, yeah, she wants him to be considered a positive role model. Uh, it is a little bit of manipulation in there as well to try to get Kanan to be steered in a different direction. Because, I mean, she's the one that set up those classes for him because she wants him to continue to focus on school, regardless of what's happening. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I kind of feel like uh, for now, we already know she obviously likes Symphony. They have a conversation towards the end of this episode where she says, I want you to like Symphony and give him a chance. So I think she genuinely does like this guy a lot, wants this to be something. So um, we'll see where things go go from here. But I do I do believe she wants him to be considered a positive role model for Kanan because he has a lot of uh, other people around him that may not be necessarily positive because they're into some pretty questionable things. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, great points overall. Um, I do think it's a bit of both also. Like, I think, you know, she is trying to teach him a lesson, but also yeah. this is a good role model for him. So, um, so yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's a bit of both, but a good bit of dialogue there. But um, was there anything else at all that you guys wanted to bring up, you know, either about this episode or what you think is going to happen next? You know, anything at all? <laughs> yeah, no, you, you well, got I, guess, I guess not. Oh, am I muted? No, no, you're good no, now. You're good no, now. Okay, you're good now. yay. Um, no, there was that whole dynamic thing about. Um, I just like overall the whole. Di- I'm just again to go back to the to the two girls. 
you know, the whole, you kind of saw the softer side of Jukebox. Remember the whole situation with her stealing? And remember the guy who caught her and was like, are we even? Because I really thought the cops was going to be called yep. at that moment. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have that. You have the dynamic with the girlfriend would like her saying, you know, I want you to look a certain way. And kind of it shows the class system between the two, how she can steal the merchandise, but she will be questioned for wearing it because how, how dare you wear something that's that expensive. But no one would bat an eye to the girl, the white girl wearing it, even though it's stolen because it's something that, oh, yeah, you can afford um, so you have that whole dynamic and then you have their relationship, which is overall in general, as I said before, I really like what they're doing with this, but it also terrifies me. Um, I like the whole opening with the whole Joey badass. And it, I really felt that it was an insight to just him in general by saying he'll kill anyone who gets in his way, you know, not even to offer help to his friend who, who he killed. Like say, hey, let's try rehab. Or something, but no, you just killed them, right? They're like, oh, you betrayed my trust, and you're dead. So I think that that could be like a foreshadowing of what we see coming up in the upcoming episodes. Because if he's willing to do that to his best friend, I'm pretty sure he's willing to do that to anybody in the mm-hmm. show, no matter what. So yeah. I, I really liked how they put that kind of mindset out there. So or just overall, this just seems to be getting better and better. And I really look forward to what is happening in the next episode. Yeah. It, I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I'm going to have a question after you. Okay. Yeah. In the case of um, Unique, I really do like that, you know, we're seeing more of the character under pressure now. Because, like, in, in the previous episodes, like, we we saw him and he had he had this kind of mystique to him. But, like, now we're seeing beyond that mystique and we're seeing him under pressure you know, when things are, 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 you know, a bit uncertain and things are, you know, not so good, not so good for him. Like, so I like that we go to see that side of him, how he acts under pressure and stuff. So, so yeah, that was, that was cool to see. But go ahead, Rich. What, what was you going to say? So I, I will just make this comment. I, I know uh, that uh, Unique's probably gave the orders to focus on getting the product and you know break into the stash house get the product and get out of there i will however say though they had Kanan at gunpoint uh no one would have thought to send a message by i don't know shooting him or to some extent because the thing is is that you want to send a message to them now you give them a chance to retaliate because you didn't really do you, you stole the product yes but nobody was actually injured or killed in this exchange. So now you're giving them an opportunity to retaliate. So I would have said, yeah, well, actually I take that back because unique's boy got killed, but that, but this is the point that I'm saying is that I would have thought they would have at least tried to shoot Kanan or Marvin, uh, do something to really, cause you know, they're going to come after you now a hundred percent. Um, but I guess we'll get answers for that in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. I think unique's perspective on that was, um, because if you remember after he shot his guy, um, he was like, you know, th- this has got Raquel's fingerprints all over it. Yeah. And he was kind of mm-hmm. like deciding how to handle it. And and he said something along the lines of, um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take some jabs at her or something. Like he said, you know, he's going to do something like, you know, but on a, on a small scale, like he mm-hmm. wasn't really trying to go hard at her. But if, if Kanan was to have been 
uh, kill, I don't think Unique would have cared because they already had that conversation prior that, you know, if, if somebody feels a way about Kanan and they want to get back at him, then that's, that's what's going to happen. But, um, you know, I, I feel like he, he wasn't specifically trying to get Kanan killed, uh, with this move. But, you know, um, if it would have happened, then that's, that's what it would have been, I guess. But, um, but yeah, uh, I think mostly Unique just wanted to mess with Rack to send her a message because he knows that she, she kind of did something to him. So, and, and, and I'm sure he did not expect, uh, Marvin to react the way that he did coming after yeah. them. So, uh, yeah. And the fact that his boy got killed, uh, we know Unique is not going to be happy next episode. Yeah, it's only going es- <laughs> to escalate from here. Like, because Marvin is going to be mad, Raquel's going to be mad, Unique is still mad, you know, and and his guy died. So, yeah, it's it's only going to escalate now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the the only thing that can die it down is maybe Howard if he intervenes, but we'll have to see about that because he has his own, you know, motives and agendas. So, but does anyone really take Howard seriously? <laughs> or they just entertain him. It's not like, oh, we fear Howard. He's just like, oh yeah, he's like, yeah. No, no one fears him, but you know, police have power. So yeah, but remember that whole monologue that he was doing yeah, in the in car the mm-hmm. in the last episode. I think that he's the only one who feels that way. Oh yeah, I don't think that anyone else kind of feels that way towards him at all. Oh no, Raquel definitely doesn't. She she doesn't fear him. She, I, I think she could run circles around him psychologically. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll and see what happens. Unique probably can too, so we'll see. But yeah, um anything else you want to get out there before we uh, end off the show? Uh yeah, I just want to say uh no, I thought it was an excellent episode. Uh Joey Badass did an excellent job. Uh Marvin, we got to see more of of you know him take action as you said so yeah it, it, it was it was a perfect episode i think as far as moving the storyline forward and i look forward to seeing what happens next week i agree great episode this this was my favorite episode yet so you know that's saying something but they've all been really good so you know thumbs up for the stars power team on this one um but yeah that is going to be it for this week um I do want to, you know, give a shout out to all the people who listen, leave comments, all the people who hit the like button, because that is very important. You know, if you enjoy this show, please take the time to hit the like button on YouTube. Um, and, you know, if you're, in, if, if you're listening on uh, Spotify or, uh, you know, or, or on the website, you can also, you know, drop us a comment on social media as well. Um, you know, you can, it, you can um, drop it to at the coalition or at Gary Swaby. Or at you know uh, Rich Bailey Jr. or at uh, Sage Surge is it your your Twitter handle? You know for Dana, uh, all of our information is on the screen right now. So just hop over to YouTube, you'll see our you know social media. Just drop us you know drop us some thoughts. Let us know what you think, even if you're listening on to the audio only version. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to to um, Anna because she actually sent some feedback on the show. Um, she said, you know, it's great. Um, she said she agrees with Dana most of the time. So, you know, you got, you got a little, uh, you know, you got a fan there, Dana. <laughs> so, 
But um, and um, she also wanted to state that there is a Snapple in the UK. So I think she's trying to get Dana to come to the UK or something. I'm muted. You have to buy a Snapple, and then you open it and you look at the cap, and it's Snapple facts, and boom. Okay. See? All right, I, I guess I'll have to go. I, I've never, you know, I've never seen one. I, I live in a, in a very slow part of town, like so. You know, I, I live just outside of London. It's very slow where I am, so I didn't know these things existed in the UK. But, but fair There's enough. There's also you know, cars. No more horse and buggy. Really? Yeah. I, I only ever he, I only ever see horses, and you know. Got upgrade now. Horses and cattle. That's all I see. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, big shouts to all of the the supporters and everything like that. Um, do you have any shout outs, Dana? Uh, shout outs to everyone who is listening. Uh, thank you for that. We are working on getting an interview with Akeem Black, and Akeem Black plays Trez G. So we're working on getting that interview. So nice. fingers crossed, and we will have more. Obviously, uh, every week we, we talk about the power. And I will see what else I can do in terms of interviews. But that may be possible to be coming up. So, yay. Awesome. And shouts to you as well with all the interviews. Because I know you have some big stuff coming up too. So We, we have big stuff. We just got uh, Ching Cha Chi. Chai Chi. Ching Chi. <laughs> I don't know why I call it Chai. Ching Chi. Uh, we have Free Guy. That's also coming up as well. We did the whole cast. It's wonderful and lovely. And uh, yeah, we have that. And we have a Suicide Squad, which will be dropping weekly. We have interviews with that. That was a movie. That was an experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we do have a review of that movie coming up very soon. Also, it might be out by the time uh, people see this. I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, look out, look out for that, too, if you have seen Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rich, any shout outs from you? Well, I just want to thank uh, everybody for their continued support, checking out the content, not just this show, but all the content that we have on the YouTube, as well as, well as the website, Daily Motion, etc. Thank you for your continued support. We very much appreciate it, and we look forward to coming back and talking about more shows, more uh, episodes in the future. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, so yeah, that will be it. We will we will return next week to recap episode five, um, and you know, take care of yourselves. Until then, um, you know, I, I don't know what what the, the the pandemic situation is like where you are, but just you know, make sure you move carefully, you mm-hmm. know, um, and don't 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 act like you're invincible because you know some some people out there feel like they they wasn't gonna end up you know in the hospital but they did so mm-hmm. i just, I just want to you know send that caution out there to people um to just be safe so mm-hmm. yeah uh and we will see you next week so peace out